0: You're listening to the Talking Force Podcast with your host, Kendra Burns. In today's world, it's important to communicate your story online. And Kendra can help you by diving into social media and providing you with free tips and insights on how to build your organic social media following and shine online. Having been raised low income, first in her family to go to college, and a proud international military spouse, Kendra develops creative media content across many social media platforms from anywhere in the world. Her inspiration comes from the people who give her hope and believe in her so she can believe in you. Follow the Talking Forest podcast today to see how she lives the dream of a traveling virtual entrepreneur and get your tech tips as we keep up with the latest on social media. Hi, welcome to the Talking Forest podcast. This is Kendra Burns, your host. Today, we have an expert on that is not in the forestry industry, but I think he'll bring some value to us. Jordan is a Northwestern and Kellogg School of Management graduate, two-time startup founder, TEDx speaker, and number one best-selling author. His upcoming book, The Journey to Cloud Nine, provides a new approach to personal development world by using fictional storytelling to reveal some of life's most meaningful principles. Jordan has been asking hundreds of people around the world how they live their lives on cloud nine. And he can't wait to share this with all of you. So I'm really excited to get him on and being a speaker, that's really awesome. Being an author, really awesome. So we're kind of wondering, our audience wants to know how you've done that Jordan. So welcome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on Kendra. I know I am not in the forestry industry But with everything that you're doing and trying to grow people's platforms around the work that they're doing in this world, I think that I can hopefully provide some value to you and your listeners. And we'll have a great chat about growing on social media and really developing this widespread, diverse platform on different accounts, on different medias, so that you can spread the most awareness for your initiatives.
0: Absolutely. So let's go to your humble beginnings. I always like to ask this question and it kind of helps me understand if you were an entrepreneur from the beginning or what your humble beginnings were like. So what was your first job and do you have any good memories of it?
1: Yeah, so it's funny. I'll, I'll give you two stories. My first job was in a warehouse. I was unloading, packaging, unpackaging, um, toiletries actually, like, uh, toothbrushes and different, um, like very much uh, household items and I did it over the summer and it was pretty fun, Uh, but it was just, you know, pretty typical summer job. It was my friend's dad's warehouse and he let us work there for a summer. So that was my first job job. But the Mm -hmm. other story I want to tell is that when I was seven years old, It was September 20th, 2001, which is nine days after 9-11. And I wanted to create a lemonade stand. But this wasn't just any old lemonade stand. It was actually a lemonade stand where all of the proceeds were going to go to the families of those impacted by the 9-11 tragedy. So even though I don't necessarily have entrepreneurial beginnings in a traditional sense. I never in high school wanted to start a company, not even in college, it was really my junior year of college that this all began. Um, When I was seven years old, I look back and I think of that lemonade stand and that was the beginning. That was this mindset of creating something, but not only creating something for myself, but rather creating something mission driven, impact driven, with the goal of adding value to other people. So from a very early age, I don't know what it was. I I attribute it to something innate, but also my, my family, my surroundings, my friends, my friends' families. Uh, I always wanted to help others who, who needed help more than I did.
0: Absolutely. And just having that foundation really helps today with your people skills and being able to connect and build those relationships. Oh, yeah. And I was the same way. Uh, my aunt luckily introduced me to Habitat for Humanity when I was 10. Mm. And so recycling cans and doing parades, going to the resale store, and helping paint, stir paints. That was really fun. Um, mm. <laughs> you know, those little things that you don't think are making a difference until, like, you're in the moment and you're like, oh, wow, I'm volunteering. This does make a, an impact on someone's yeah. life the little things Mm -hmm. so then uh, let's fast forward I know you've done a lot um, but what is your role right now and how do you think that you've built up to this moment
1: yeah so right now I am I I founded a company called cloud nine living where I do cloud nine coaching one-on-one working with people to help them discover their true purpose what, what is going to make a meaningful and fulfilling life for them Um, And that is really sprouted from my own journey to Cloud9, how I have explored my curiosities, developed different passions, and ultimately found what lights me up in the world. I want to give that to other people. So Cloud9 Living also incorporates the book that you mentioned, this journey to Cloud9, which is a fictional tale about a guy who, he lived his life according to societal expectations and basically on paper, He's got a very successful traditional lifestyle, but in, in the real, in his real life, he is depressed, isolated, and alone. I juxtapose that real life that he lived with his cloud nine life, the life that he could have lived where he made decisions based off of his heart and his intuition. And you get to see how those two lives differ. Um, and then the, finally, the cloud nine also incorporates speaking. So right now we're, we're chatting because one, I want to add value to you and your community, but also because I'm doing 90 podcasts in 90 days, wow. uh, working on my speaking uh, skills. And then I also speak in front of audiences. I just had a TEDx talk come out and uh, I'll be speaking at a conference this weekend as well. So just like you, just trying to spread awareness for our efforts. Mm-hmm. And it has created, I have been able to create a a solo printer type business
0: out of it so you talk about learning how to speak in public We're yeah. we're not in public we're online at the moment uh, yeah. so that's really interesting because something just popped up in my head the uh-huh. public presentation uh, realm for me actually started when I was 12 in 4-H mm. wow. so I was in this club and my aunt and her friend said hey you should just be a public speaker and so uh, that's when I started building my skill set, and public awesome. speaking for me is easier than it used to be. And even yeah. podcasting was something I didn't even know I'd be doing. So, what yeah. do you think about public? The word public speaking and the evolution that it's kind of had, and how do you think people can practice more? Do you think they should be getting onto podcasts like you and doing more of the online uh, speaking?
1: Yeah, so I I like to break things down to their very core, right? So public speaking, what does that incorporate? Well, one public to speaking. So speaking is obviously a huge component of it. So the more we can speak to individuals and have conversations where we are diving deep, we are sharing our thoughts, our opinions, we're asking questions, we're listening actively and then responding, right? Mm -hmm. So speaking and just having conversations with people is the best way to practice. Right, yeah. So that's that's for for anybody out there who wants to work on their speaking. It is to speak more, right? Yeah. And then obviously, if you if you want to be a more seasoned professional and, and do this speaking circuit, then yes, podcast would be a great place to start because it is public speaking. You and I are chatting, and then this is going to be public in the future, right? Okay. Yeah. So this is a great way to to work on your craft, especially because it is accessible. And to me, preparation and repetition Mm -hmm. are the two keys to being more confident and comfortable as a public speaker. So you can do podcasts just like this, like I'm doing, or you can do what you're doing and start your own podcast where you have conversations with people all the time, right? So that's a great way to work on your speaking and presentation skills. Additionally, focusing on feedback from other people. How did I do in this scenario? What could I have done better? What value did I bring to the table? Was I original? Was I creative? Was I clear? Was the message there, right? So you're trying to ask questions so that every single time you speak, you are better than the last time. It's this internal competition against yourself, right? That yeah. is the best way that you're going to grow in this world.
0: So here's a point So Gone are the yeah. days of boring your family in the living room with your speech.
1: Absolutely not. More than death. And it's it is about having the right audience. And, and hey, if you, your family doesn't want to listen, or if they're not available, then bore yourself to death in the mirror. God. Right? Or bore yourself to death in front of a in front of your computer and and pull up the the photo booth and make a video and watch yourself back and and yeah. then
0: assess yourself. Yeah. And um, documenting yourself is yeah. huge. And I also like doing that when I go to conferences. I'll set up a little tripod and yeah. uh, and just play it back and. Uh, sometimes my husband's with me, sometimes he's not, but he's more critical than I am sometimes. And uh, I did ask in my LinkedIn 101 class in Edelweiss this year for criticism from a retired pilot. And he gave uh-huh. me three pages of a, wow. a document. And I am really grateful for that because yeah. asking for criticism actually helps me grow. And if you guys can do that, then that'd be really helpful.
1: Yeah, it is. It takes a lot of courage but you know humility and courage is something that we need to grow as individuals so asking for that feedback is only going to benefit you and you you have to have thick skin you can't take it personally
0: that as well yes mm-hmm. so my next question uh, you've done a lot of things you are you've got on stage for TEDx but mm-hmm. i'm curious what you think your biggest biggest accomplishment has been thus far
1: oh wow um I never like to speak in definitive. So I don't, I don't often answer this question with just one simple thing. But, um, I would say my biggest accomplishment was leaving my corporate job and pursuing the life that I wanted to live. I would say that took the most courage. That was the boldest move that I took. And then continuing to go on this journey is my biggest accomplishment. Cause many a time has it been the easy way out for me to, to think about going back and getting a more traditional, steady, stable salary and job. Right. But for me, I think that what really sets me apart is the devotion to the path that I'm on, the patience that I have, and really planning this for the long term, where I know the value that I can have in the future. And I'm just trying to celebrate the micro wins, the book coming out, the TEDx talk, the podcast that I've been on along the way which are great accomplishments, but I'd say the overall best one is having the courage to go ahead and, and follow this path.
0: Right. Uh, falling in love with the process is something that I've also started to enjoy and learn. And yeah. every conference, every person that you get to shake hands with and meet yeah. and grow and learn from, that is more important than the end goal because once you reach, reach the end goal, what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> it's, it's Exactly. It's one of those things yeah. where the, the process is, um, and I also teach people about challenges being a good thing.
1: Right. Oh, they absolutely are. They absolutely are because it, it wouldn't be worth it if it was easy. You know, it wouldn't be yeah. fun if it was easy. Right. Nothing, uh, that's, that's not how it should work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we can find value in that, but you have to kind of know yourself. So this is why I ask the question, do you mm. consider yourself introverted or extroverted?
1: That's a great question for me because I am talking to people all day long and I love people and I am, you know, socially, I like to be a life of a party kind of guy and networking wise, you'll see me talking to everybody that there is and I'm I'm energetic and, and outgoing, you know, a lot of these extroverted traits, but when I am done with these events, I get my energy from being alone, from reflecting, from writing, from reading, right? I need that alone time in order to recharge. So that is why I consider myself actually an introvert, okay. even though I have so many extroverted
0: qualities. I think I've done the same in order to be a small business mm. owner. Yeah. And that's the thing, working yeah. with people and doing the conference calls and being able to coordinate, being extroverted was something. And so the reason why we ask this question in the forest industry is because there is a stereotype that you're introverted because you want to just yeah. be with trees, yeah. right? So we, yeah. I'm trying to teach the industry uh, by asking this question as many times as I can that yeah. not everyone is introverted. And there are some people on the podcast, some of the past guests who are um, either – extroverted very much or they're amberverts. right which is really cool
1: right and, and the thing too Kendra is that it's a spectrum I think yeah. most things in life are a spectrum it, it's never it's never binary it's never just black and white right yeah so because you can because you're an introvert does not mean you can't have extroverted qualities because you're an ambivert, does not mean at times you are fully introverted Right. So it's about yeah. having that presence of mind and awareness to say, you know what, I, I don't want to be labeled. I, I don't need to label myself as one or the other. Yeah. I, I have elements of both.
0: Okay. Yeah, definitely. And we can go yeah. between and be on that yeah. spectrum for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would tell the audience to allow themselves to, to feel and do that and see yeah. what happens and reflect it when you can. Totally. So we're going to jump into the social part of this. What is your yeah. favorite social media platform and, and why?
1: Yeah, so my favorite through much experimentation and growing and content delivery is LinkedIn. And I'll tell you why. It is because the positive energy on this platform is electric. It's contagious. People are on LinkedIn to add value to other people. And it is the least vain of the social media platforms that I've been a part of. Yeah. Uh, and in addition to that, it is the most relevant for business endeavors, for personal growth endeavors, for professional endeavors. So combining the content that you consume, the content you put out there with your pursuits moving forward is a It it just makes LinkedIn such a great place
0: to be. Absolutely. And that's why I break it off and do its own course. And I've been teaching military spouses how to use it. They just came out with uh, LinkedIn Premium for a year for spouses and veterans. They originally thought that it was going to be just for people who were PCSing soon. And I missed that boat by one month. Um, So I didn't get LinkedIn Premium until actually my birthday, April 26, 2019, and then I went a week later to present the LinkedIn 101 class, and I was able to tell spouses in that, and veterans in that room that they were able to utilize LinkedIn Premium and um, teach them a little bit about why they need it. And so people uh, in that class, some of the feedback I received was that they thought it was a necessary evil in mm. before my class, right? And then after that, they were like, oh, no, it's a tool. And if we let it collect dust then we're losing out.
1: Right, of course. Exactly. It is this tool to use. It's not it's not it's no longer what it intended to be when it started however many years ago. It's not just for job searching anymore. It is it is for really just life searching. There's great life oh, yeah. advice on there. It is uh, it's such a great platform.
0: And that's the thing is it changed my life in 2014 because I was trying to get a job out of um, my degree in 2013, uh, bachelor's degree. I had internships under my belt. I had fun. My school was completely funded and I was looking for opportunities in the forestry field and the entry level is broken because they want you to have one to two years experience. And I didn't have that. I had six months for internship experience and I went straight to college. So I didn't have any field experience. So all the positions I was applying for, uh, I needed to either go into a part-time or seasonal position, but because I was low income, I couldn't afford that. So what ended up happening, um, long story short, was I built my LinkedIn profile in 2014. Uh I was tired of being a bank teller, um, it was a skill set that I had obtained since high school, in high school, actually. They built a credit union in our high school, which is really cool. And uh, financial skill sets I use to this day for my business, accounting and operations, which is awesome. Yeah. And LinkedIn turned it all around for me because it was the first time where people in the forestry industry were calling me after yes. after utilizing the platform. Yep. Um, so... Care. The value that we're bringing you guys with LinkedIn is the fact that once you build a profile, get on it, start commenting, start sharing articles with some context to it. And content is king. So if you can get content created and out on LinkedIn, um, even if you're able to do LinkedIn live now, they have the, the videos or produce videos and put them natively in LinkedIn. It is the most organic platform right now. Like he's saying, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, can I add one thing here? My, oh, yeah. my biggest tip for people who want to start growing on LinkedIn. Yeah. So I agree, content is king, but I think that's step number two. Okay. And for me, in, in my LinkedIn growth process, it was actually comment is king. Uh...
0: And what I mean
1: by that is in the world that I'm in uh, of positivity and meaning and purpose and trying to live life to the best of your ability, I found a couple of LinkedIn influencers or or content creators who I truly admired and I was looking to emulate, right? But rather than coming out with content that was similar to theirs, I rather engaged fully with their content and I would write meaningful comments on four or five people's posts a day and slowly but surely people who were also commenting on these influencers posts would see the meaningful, uh, replies that I would be writing and they would connect with me. They would like my, my comments. They would comment on my comments. Right. Yeah. And it even caught the eye of the content creator, her or himself. Right. So there I was just making connections with these big time names because I was putting work into connecting with them and engaging with them. Right. So. Even today with the the LinkedIn following that I've been able to garner, I still comment on at least five people's posts before I put any posts up myself. I want to see what other people are doing. I want to add value to what other people are doing. Comments feel great. Likes feel great. I want to make other people feel happy, right? Yeah. And once I've done that, then I put up my own content, right? And it it even sparks ideas sometimes. Sometimes I'll be looking or thinking that I'm going to post one thing on a particular day, but then I see content from a friend of mine and rather I want to respond to that with a post or a video or an article, right? So, not only is content king, but comment is king.
0: I completely agree because that's how I was able to go document a Tallwood building in France. Uh, Mm -hmm. I commented on someone's profile and I said, Hey, I see that you have this article up on a building in France and I would love to visit this building Uh and just asking and saying that I would love to do that. That was what sparked a conversation of, well, do you want to come out here? And then that person has ties in the industry. So then he said, let me get to the manager and we'll get a tour. And I just was like, oh my goodness, this is happening. And it happened in six months of me moving overseas. So I was so happy. So that's what he means and that's the value that you can, you try to add your value to a comment or even ask a question and then you'll get in return something else.
1: Yep, absolutely. It's, it's so worthwhile and it doesn't even take much time.
0: Yeah, awesome. So uh, one of my other questions to you is what motivates you to get out of bed?
1: Yeah, so my first my first book was actually about morning routines, so my morning routine motivates me to get out of bed, and that first book was called Getting Comfy, Your Morning Guide to Daily Happiness, and C-O-M-F-Y, that word comfy, is actually an acronym. So every morning, I do something calm, the C. I open up, O. I move my body, M. I do something funny, I laugh, F. And then Y is is something based on me, or in this case you or your passion or your choice so this little routine and it could be five minutes or it could be five hours if you have that kind of time in the morning Um, that's what motivates me to get out out of bed because it allows me to start my day in control of what I am doing rather than having my day control me. Uh So it's really a great way to overcome that stress or or stressed out or or anxious feeling we have when that alarm clock goes off because we know when the alarm clock goes off, we have
0: self-care time. Okay. There we go. That would be really helpful for a lot of people and just waking up and drinking a glass of water, reading a book, um, doing whatever you can for your self-care routine is really important.
1: Yes, it really is, because something I like to say is, even if you're the most selfless person in the entire world, I'm talking number one philanthropist in the world, right? You can't be the best possible self for other people unless you're taking care of you first. Yeah. Right? It's like like the airport comment of, please put on your, your own air mask first before helping anybody else. You can't help anybody else if you're not breathing, right? Oh yeah. So that's uh, that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, definitely. And being an entrepreneur, I've had seasons of too much on my plate, um, and even seasons when I well, when I first moved overseas, it was my chance to be full time, and I had uh, I was looking for things to do. And now I am so full that I am, you know, thinking strategically about who I'm working for and what I'm doing. And if it, you know, make sure that it always fulfills the mission of bringing value to people. Uh, And that's been really cool to hold out basically for people that believe in the same thing.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's so well said.
0: So... Yeah, so then speaking of people, who are role models or um, in the social media world, influencers that you may be looking up to?
1: Yeah, so my role models in the social media world, um, I will stick to LinkedIn. And I'll quickly say that I explored the other platforms. When I wrote my first book, I, I didn't really have a real strategy. It wasn't LinkedIn right away. So I had an Instagram that grew to over 5,000 followers. I had a Facebook page. I am actually big on medium.com because I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. So I actually love medium where I can put out that kind of of content. And I had uh, Twitter, right? So I, I experimented with each and I ultimately said LinkedIn because I love this content. It makes me think, it makes other people think as opposed to, say, Instagram where I was just putting out a picture and hoping that people like the aesthetics of the picture, right? Mm -hmm. So, it, it, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. There is an audience for everything. It just takes the self-awareness and the exploration period that you need to undergo in order to evaluate which one you want to proceed with moving forward. Because especially when you're first starting out, to manage five different accounts on your own is very overwhelming, or for me it was at least. So that's why I I toyed with each one, but ultimately chose the one or the two that I I really liked best. So I I just wanted to make sure I threw that out there for people out there listening who want to get started in the social media world. It's okay to have this exploration phase, but have the intentionality of I'm exploring to find the one or two that I really want to continue to pursue.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That trial and error period is so essential. And the fact that you can just walk away from a platform and put all your energy into a few actually does make sense. And yes, people are very overwhelmed in forestry to the point where they don't want to turn on their phone or their computer some days. And Mm -hmm. they actually don't have service. So it's really cool because there's still people out there who do their job without the distractions and I would say foresters are those folks and even people in parks parks don't have service and the you know out in the I call the boondocks but Uh yeah (laughs) funny
1: funny yeah I'm I'm totally with you there but I apologize because I did not answer your question oh yeah um so my my favorite LinkedIn people are hmm who would I know Brian Shulman is a guy on LinkedIn who does something called voice your vibe, and he's all about putting out positive energy every single day he comes out with something. So he's a guy who's been on LinkedIn since the very, you know, 15 years he's been on LinkedIn, he told me, and he was an early adopter of using LinkedIn for content rather than job searching. So this is a guy who he gets it and he was one of the first people to use LinkedIn video, LinkedIn asked him, to come out with a series of videos, um, and yeah, so he, he's a great person that I look up to because I'm trying to uh, create a very similar essence for my LinkedIn presence. And then somebody a little bit more well known and out there maybe is, I like James Altucher on LinkedIn, and. He's got a lot of followers everywhere, but on LinkedIn, he posts very simple content that makes you think, and I'm a big thinker, I'm a big interpreter, I'm a big experimenter, as you can see, where he puts these ideas out there, and I like to dive a little bit further into them and see if they're going to work for me, see if they work for other people, and I tinker them just a little bit so that they're my own, and I I maybe even implement them into my daily life.
0: Yeah, and that's awesome. (laughs) my favorites. Some something to uh, basically pick from what he was saying is that he's building a presence and he's looking up to other people to do that. And that's something I teach in LinkedIn class because I'm mm-hmm. letting you guys know that it's okay to look up to someone and want to be that way. I actually pick people on each platform and go, yeah. what are they doing that I like? Because I want to do that. And yeah, it's, exactly. then that kind of brings us to the conversation of copying and How at first when I was building my business, it was it was hard for me to see someone copy what I was doing, like an Instagram post that was like exactly how I would do it or whatever. But I'm learning that it's actually a good thing. And I'm like flattered by it because I want that example to shine and for people to use that example because it's a good example.
1: Right. And, And I mean, first and foremost, you'd hope that there would be attribution to you, even if they wanted to post the same kind of thing. But secondly, yeah, once, once you are fully present with, okay, I, I did something and I'm not going to react, I'm not going to get angry about this, I'm going to rather frame it in a way where I'm appreciative that what I'm putting out there has sparked something in somebody else where they want to put something out there that's similar or even the exact same. And the way that I look at that also is, what's my goal at the end of the day? It's to get the most amount of people to be aware of what i'm doing right the most amount of people to feel good about themselves to start exploring themselves right and if somebody else wants to put the same message out there as long as the intention is to help other people i'm really okay with it
0: yeah exactly that's that's exactly it and so that kind of vibe it's a high vibe and so it's really good to continue with that and find people that are doing better than you, that's not a bad thing or doing something yeah. that you look up to. And, and so, yeah, I, I highlight that as well. And,
1: right. and it's not only assessing what works for them, but also keeping an eye on what doesn't work. Right. Yeah. So maybe they have a post that has, you know, a couple of thousand less likes or views or whatever, and you try to assess why. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that's how you can create your own methodologies for what
0: you're going to put out there. Yeah, and as a social media manager, I look on the back end of the analytics and I figure out what content does better in the audience that we've built and then that presence is a really big thing. There's actually a communications triangle that I talk about in the presentation I give a Future with Social Media and that kind of that triangle gives you that basic that basic look at, you know, what we should be going towards, which is influencing and being an influence but we want it to be good and we need our foundation we need ambassadors of what our message is we need you know people to be behind us and supporters and but just starting and just getting social media is is a a big deal so i try to help assess where people are and bring them on um depending on what they're looking for and then it's a trial and error period with that company until we you know we know each other for a few years and then we're like okay well Let's go do this campaign. And so um, with some people, I'm running campaigns. With other people, I'm just teaching them how to use Twitter.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, everybody comes in at a different level. One of my friends actually on LinkedIn, Stephen Moore, he posted something great today. And he said, uh, don't compare the beginning of your journey to somebody else's middle. Yeah. So for people out there who are just starting, right, don't compare yourself to Kendra or to myself. Right? Use us as examples, as guides, but don't think because you're not getting the same engagement or likes or comments or or even the same rush that we do when we put a post out there that you are failing or that you should stop. Right? Yeah. The beginnings of our journeys were very similar and we pushed through because of consistency and perseverance and building relationships and following through with the advice that we're giving you now for months and months and even years yeah. at a time. So that comparison is, is dangerous if you're going to try to um, make it with somebody else, with somebody who's at a different stage in their journey.
0: Yeah. And he said stepping away from a corporate job, I stepped away from government state jobs. And it was, you know, that cubicle idea of being in a cubicle all the time and just wanting to do something different and having a passion for something and doing it on the side. But then all of a sudden realizing, hey, me moving to Germany is actually not a bad thing. And my husband was mm-hmm. like, let's take this opportunity for you to just dive in full time. And it's paid off ever since. Now I'm going to be speaking in Kentucky, speaking in Yosemite yeah. National Park. and So cool. And mm-hmm. we wouldn't have had these, like you said, we're very similar in that we wouldn't have had these opportunities had we realized that we needed to step away.
1: Exactly. Or had we not looked at it positively. Right, if we yeah. would have just said, Oh, this is terrible, I'm miserable here, I might as well just stay stagnant, right? And plateau. I can't go anywhere else, so I might as well do what, what feels normal, what other people would expect me to do. No, you, you took full advantage of the opportunity and yeah. you made something out of out of what happened.
0: Yeah, exactly. So then to get to know you just a little bit more, uh what extra yeah. activities are your favorite outside of What you're doing in in work or what you do for for real life what do you do like on the side what are your hobbies
1: yeah totally uh sports 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 i love basketball i was a big soccer player growing up i love tennis volleyball football i don't play much football anymore but i watch football every sunday when it is football season um Yeah. So I I really try to play some type of sport every single day. And when I can't, I'm in the gym. So I'm a big weightlifter. I like to run. Um, I prefer to be outside with all of this stuff here in New York winters. I don't get that opportunity. Um, And then again, very similar to how I always constantly want to pursue something on my own. And then if I love it enough, I want to help other people with it. I am a certified personal trainer. So every morning from 6 a.m. until around 9 a.m., I train other people, and I help them with their fitness and their mindset, and I get to bring that, mm-hmm. that feeling of, of the M in the company routine, that the movement piece of how important exercise is to not just our physicality, but also
0: our mentality. And both go hand-in-hand, hand. and I've been learning how they, how they come together through therapy. My audience doesn't know this, mm-hmm. but I've been going through six months of physical therapy because Mm -hmm. this winter my husband and I showed up at the gym 10 years ago I was a power lifter Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so I was like let's just put the bar on my back and you know let's do some squats and my left knee was nowhere close to even being able to lift 10 pounds Um, and it was just so I can do long long uh, cardio bicycling um And I can go for a walk with my Border Collie every day and do Um, some things like that. But when it comes to high impact cardio, um, uh, I kind of run myself into the ground. And so what he's talking about, the mentality, um, through this six month journey, I've realized in my, my physical therapy that we started with strength. Uh, we built, uh, we built that strength up in that knee. And then, um, I'm talking about how this kind of strength built into my mind that I was capable. So And then we started doing mobility. So with strength, add mobility. And then now I'm in the stage of endurance. And mentally, it just, just working out 20 minutes a day, even try to to do 30, um, whether it be outside or whether it just be in your your living room, um, with your dog, whatever you're able to do, it's boosted my confidence so much to know, because when I first found out about my left knee, I felt disabled. And it made right. my heart sink. And so mm. I think what he's saying and being in sports, being a personal trainer, um, your mindset will shift when you are active. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely true. Absolutely true.
0: So that's been a journey that I've been on. And I'm happy to say that I can go hiking. And I went in Austria to the Austrian Alps and hiked really? uh, like five miles. I did 160 floors in one day. And my, wow. gl- my glutes we're, we're definitely sore.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's the best kind of sore, you know, you accomplished it. it. Exercise not only just frees your mind, but it also shows you that you can accomplish incredible feats, right? So yeah. you can transfer that mindset over to your, your personal or your professional life.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's a
1: great way to prove that to yourself.
0: And on this podcast, I'm hoping to get some wildland firefighters, because their job in the summer is intense, and they're Mm. wearing, can you imagine wearing full gear and having to dig fire lines, and so you're not in, like in the gym, you're wearing what, a t-shirt and shorts? Um, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, think about that, you know, so I'm excited to get some firefighters on this podcast soon.
1: Yep, 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 that would be amazing, I would love to listen to that, so...
0: Definitely. So we're getting towards the end here. Um, yeah. Do you have a, the most valuable tip to tell our listeners?
1: Um, I'll, I'll try to keep this very actionable. So the most valuable tip would, would be the one about commenting. So commenting is king. And then the, the second most valuable tip that I will say is about uh, consistency and becoming top of mind. And what I mean by that is giving your audience something to to expect. So once you have grown a little bit, you've done your commenting and you're starting to put out your own content, create a content calendar. And what I mean by this is on Mondays, you post a picture and a quote, right? On Tuesdays, maybe it's just a quote. On Wednesdays, it is, uh, uh, I don't know, something about you and, and someone else in your industry, right? Thursdays, this, Fridays, that, right? Yeah. Get consistent with your content so that your audience knows what's coming, right? The other day I was posting something and somebody said, oh, I was I, I found myself looking forward to this post today because I knew it was coming. I wanted to see what you had in store for us today, right? So it's about being top of mind. The more you put out content that is related to what other people are thinking about, the more you will be the first person that they will think about when you... Um, when something you know in your field or world comes up.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's why I teach um, to try to go live on whatever platform you you're on and to also they're building in stories into YouTube and, and all the other platforms. And um, that story shows up and people can see it almost instantly, which is being the forefront on someone's mind. And uh, the, what he's talking about, I've done on the Washington State Society of American Foresters page i did forestry feature friday and we do a contest every season and we ask for photos and those photos someone's photo gets picked as a cover photo on our page and then uh, every week we post whatever photos are good and good quality and they're they look great and we say forestry feature friday and people are actually expecting this and it's been I've done this for four years on this page, and they still expect it. So yep. I don't see it stopping anytime soon. And it's not even necessarily members of the society, which means we're bringing on people who could be potential members.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing. And yeah, that contest piece also is, is another advice that I think we both have. is to make it fun for the audience, too, right? What are you doing not only that stands out, but allows other people to enjoy yeah. what you're doing, too.
0: Yeah, and they get featured, and their photo is a cover photo for three months, and then they also get a post on a Friday. And if you're able to tag them, then you become shareable. And what they'll do is they'll share it with their audience, and then those people will comment and share it with their audience, and then that's how things blow up. And I'm not saying they go viral in our industry yet. We're still getting there. But, you know, it's giving the open door and the possibility for that. Totally. So I appreciate that, and was there anything else that you'd like to add today?
1: No, I just wanted to say thank you for allowing me to have the opportunity to talk about what I'm doing and add some value to people listening about how they can grow awareness for whatever it is that they're trying to gain momentum around. Um, if you do ever want to get in touch with me, I respond to any and everything through email, through LinkedIn, through LinkedIn through whatever you want to get in touch with me on. Um, And my website is journeytocloud9.com, all spelled out, journeytocloudnine.com, and you can find out anything and everything about me on there as well. So uh, thank you so much, Kendra, for having me on, and I hope this was fun.
0: Yeah, thank you. No, this was great. Uh, we're not boring you with trees today, but <laughs> we do have some value to give. And I hope that some of these tools you can put in your toolbox, uh, takeaways, and we'll put what he said in the show notes of how to contact him. And we'll do a little bit of a social media blast. So talking for us, we'll have him out uh, publishing this and having this out for you guys. And so super excited. And hopefully we can bring value to people, even if you're just starting or if you have social media and you just want to do something different. Trial and error. Exactly. Tr- try all the things. Exactly. exactly. All right. Awesome. Well, awesome. Thanks, well, thank Jordan. Thank you so much again. Appreciate you. Yes, thank you. Have a great day. You too.